0: Welcome to the Raising Kids Together podcast. Raising Kids Together is a place where moms of all ages and stages come together from all over the world to walk this journey of mothering with one another. This podcast is just a small glimpse into the things that we are talking about in our daily Zoom meetings. I am your host, Tina Smith, and each week you can listen in as I and others share God's word and grow in our spiritual parenting. I am praying that you are blessed as you listen in.
1: Father, I thank you so much for this time in your word. Um, I just come to you this morning, Lord, asking you first and foremost to help us focus on you. That's that's what we're studying today is you and the throne room in heaven. So, Father... Tune our hearts and tune our ears to the frequency of heaven this morning, Lord. I pray that that you would speak to each one of us in the way that you know we need. Uh, Lord, I thank you that your word is alive and active and that it is able to change our hearts and speak to us uniquely every time we open it and so father this morning give us hope give us encouragement give us light and give us peace god from your word and it's in your name we ask amen all right so in the band app i put um the handout two handouts there's one that is for note taking and then there's also one that i'm excited to offer to all of you um I have a friend when, when I originally did the revelation study, I did it with my small group of ladies and um, it was a two year study. And so the part two of revelation with precept, I did it through precept ministries, part two of revelation required you to draw out what goes on in each chapter of revelation. Okay. So talk about stress because I can barely write my name. And so what I drew, I'm, I'm absolutely certain I'm going to have to apologize to God when I get to heaven for the way I made him look or the way I made the lamb look or it, it's stick figures at best. But my friend Lisa is a wonderful artist. And so she gave me permission to utilize her drawings of each of the chapters. And I've linked to the Revelation chapter four drawing um, in the band app. Uh, And so I'm planning to give you each chapter. Now that may be, you know, that may light your fire, it may not, but it's there for you if you would like it. Um, Alicia says, yeah, I can't draw anything. I'm with you, friend, I'm with you. All right, so today we are looking at the whole of Revelation chapter four. And then next week we're going to look at chapter five. So I wanna start by reminding ourselves of the divisions of the book of Revelation. If you go all the way back to the first week, um, we learned that the book of the Revelation is divided up into three sections. Uh, And if you look back at Revelation chapter one, verse 19, we'll find these three, three sections. Revelation 1 verse 19 says, write the things. Now, this is this is Jesus talking to John, giving him instructions on what to write. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are and the things which will take place after this. So there's the three divisions. Revelation chapter one, we looked at it. It's the things which you have seen. And that was the vision of of Jesus. Revelation chapter two and chapter. You
2: made
1: this for me. Pardon me? Was somebody ask? okay? Um, Revelation's chapter Revelation chapters two and three are the things which are. They were the things which are in John's time. And I think if you if you took that seven churches journey with us, you saw that they are actually the things that are today so much of what we've learned from those seven churches are are going on in the world today so the things which you have seen the things which are and now we start the things which will take place after this and that's going to be revelation chapters 4 through 22 so from here on out we're looking at the things which will take place after this so today we're going to to um go with john into the throne room of heaven so let's go to revelation chapter four and i want to read uh the whole chapter which is it's only 11 verses and i'm reading from the new king james version revelation chapter four verse one after these things i looked up so a good question to ask yourself right now is After what things? All right, so after the things that we have just learned. Chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. After these things, I looked, and this is John writing, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Several times in Revelation, John is called up to heaven for a vision. Come up here. Um, And and this is quite significant, actually. Uh, Verse two, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their head. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Verse 6, before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever... The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Amen. All right. So this is a magnificent passage and i'm excited to dive into you with it um alicia says did i miss fill in the blanks uh i'm not sure i understand what you're asking our worksheets you gave us yeah you
2: should have answered those already should we already be filling those in uh you can if you want to okay because you kind of touched on some so the things you have seen is that what it would be and then the The things
1: you have seen the things which are and the things which will take place after this. That's the four, three divisions. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. I got so wrapped up in chapter four, I just got ahead of myself. Okay, so in verse one, we, we saw that John was being summoned to heaven where he was going to get the first glimpse of things that will take place after this. And so I just want us to to look at several key things in this passage. Um, Verse two tells us that John was in the spirit. Now, we've heard this phrase before. Um, Look back at Revelation chapter one. Verses nine through 11. And it says, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. So John, each time he says that he was in the spirit, pretty amazing things happen. Okay, so the first time he was called to to write this book. And now he's being, uh, he's in the spirit and he's being called to see what's going to happen. Um, And so the subject of Revelation chapter four is the throne room of heaven. Um, And in addition, the one who sits on the throne and the beings around the throne, this is the subject of this particular chapter so let's look and see what significant things we can can find and as we look through this I want you to try to picture this in your mind especially if you didn't have the opportunity to go ahead and print off Lisa's drawing of Revelation chapter 4 and even if you did um, as as good as Lisa's drawing is it will be a poor reflection of what we really will see uh, when we get to see what heaven looks like but try to picture it in your mind so let's look at the description of the throne um, The word throne is used at least 12 times in this chapter. So anytime scripture repeats something, you can rest assured that it is very, very important. And here the throne is important. It is the center of what is, um, is going on in this particular verse. So in verse three, we're told something quite significant about the throne. Um, it's, it's, says in verse three that um, there's someone sitting on the throne. Uh, We're also told in verse three that a rainbow that looks like emeralds surrounds the throne. Um, Can you imagine that? I mean, it's a complete rainbow. We generally only see half, but this says it encircles the throne. So it goes all the way around the throne Um, this is very likely signifying perfection and completeness that that we will experience in heaven Um, here on earth we only see part of the rainbow we don't see all of god's promise yet but in heaven there is a complete rainbow. Now God's judgment is absolutely coming. Um, again, God promised never to destroy the earth by flood, and the rainbow is the sign of, of the sign of God's covenant with Noah. But there is more judgment coming. It won't be a flood, but it definitely will be judgment. So um, this rainbow that we see, in chapter four is um is evident and i think it's very significant that scripture says it's a complete rainbow uh we're given this picture before the um the judgments come of the last days reminding us that of god's perfection of his holiness of his completeness uh also, if we look on in verse four, uh, we're, we see that the throne is surrounded by 24 other thrones and on those other thrones are sitting 24 elders um, who are clothed in white robes. Now, there's a lot of different thoughts about who these elders are and what they represent. Uh, Every time, though, they are mentioned in Revelation, there's something significant happening. Look at um, verse, look at verses 8 through 11. Take a quick look at that. And the elders are mentioned in verse 10. But what's going on when these elders are mentioned? Does anybody see
2: it? They're worshiping the Lord. That's they're, right. They're representative of all of us.
1: That's right. They're worshiping. Every time these elders are mentioned, there is worship going on, and so yeah, Leanne, I believe, I believe that that these elders, perhaps there's twenty four of them, um, which probably signifies a complete number, but it may also be representative of the 12 tribes and the apostles, the 12 apostles, signifying those who have believed on God and been saved from beginning to end. Um, believers that reach from Abraham and, you know, even, even, um, Adam and Eve, to the time when Jesus Christ returns. Clearly, they are there to worship. Clearly, they are not there to be worshiped. They are there to worship God. And you will see in these verses that they take that posture of humility. When worship happens, what do they do? They fall down before the Lord. Does that tell us anything about our worship? Yeah. When we worship God, we need to worship in a posture of humility. All right. So as we continue looking at the throne in verse five, we see some more things that are going on around the throne, it says that lightnings, thunderings, and voices come from the throne. Now, are you picturing this? Because this is not a quiet, serene yoga kind of atmosphere. All right, this is major all out worship and it's loud and it's noisy. But we don't have any um, hint that it is obnoxious or that it is inappropriate. It is appropriate worship of the one who sits on the throne. Uh, We're also told in verse five that seven lamps burn before the throne. And it says that these are the seven spirits of God. All right. So what's that all about? Seven in scripture is the number for completion or perfection. Um, and this very well, we, we, were all, we also um, heard about this in Revelation 1, uh, verse 4. If you look back at verse 4, the seven spirits of God were also mentioned um, in John's greeting. It says, John, to the seven churches, which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. So what is that all about? Well, go with me to um, Isaiah chapter 11. And let's look at verse verses one and two just to hopefully get a little bit of reference. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. This is a passage where um, Isaiah is describing the Messiah um, and how the Messiah would reign uh, in in the future, and it says there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots, the spirit of the Lord so their spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So if you look, there's a reference to seven spirits, the spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. This is absolutely a complete picture of Christ. There's nothing lacking in this picture. And so um, when we see these seven lamps burning before the throne in Revelation 4, 5, we're told this is the seven spirits. This likely signifies the completion, the perfection of Christ. All right. Also in Revelation 4, 6, we see that before the throne there is a sea of glass like crystal likely indicating purity in heaven so those are the things that we see in this particular chapter about the throne now Let's look at something quite interesting. What do we learn about the one who is on the throne? Well, I think you're going to see that we don't learn a lot about the one on the throne because that is not the focal point in this particular chapter. The The atmosphere of worship around the throne is the focal point. But if you look back in Revelation 4, Three, verse 3, you will see the description. Uh, it says, and he who sat there or on the throne um, was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. So what is jasper and sardius? Well, let's look at Revelation 21, 11 for a little bit more of a description. Revelation chapter 21, verse 11. It says, um, this is the new Jerusalem. This is what John sees in the new Jerusalem. Um, It says, let's back up to 10. And he carried me away in the spirit. There's John in the spirit again. I wanna be in the spirit as much as John is. Um, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. So um, this, perhaps we can liken it to a diamond, it's a very clear stone, maybe representing truth in scripture. Because in heaven, in the throne room of God, truth will reign. Um, and so what's a sardius? Well, it, is, it was a fiery, bright, red, ruby-like stone. And this may very well represent justice because... God is a God of justice as well as a God of love. And he is always going to do the just and right thing. So this is all we're told about the one on the throne in chapter four. Aileen, Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah, Can I just uh, read a little something out of my my book about the diamond that I think would be interesting real quick? So this is from my future book. It says in Exodus 28, 18, the second row on the priestly garment includes a diamond. What is unique about a diamond gemstone? A diamond is a gemstone that declares, I love you, is a symbol of everlasting love, is the hardest substance known on earth, will not react under intense heat and is the most valuable of all gemstones. A fake diamond can be be detected by seeing a rainbow of colors within the stone. However, a real diamond reflects the color onto other images as it reflects light. So let's see. Everlasting love, substance of great power, most valuable of all, and reflects light onto other images. Sound familiar, doesn't it? In addition, diamonds are perfected under great pressure and the hardest natural mineral on earth and are almost indestructible. Yeah. It just describes Christ so much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it does. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's wonderful. I love that. That is great. Okay, so now let's move from the throne and the one who is on the throne, and let's look at those around the throne, those creatures around the throne. Um, And we read about them in verses six through eight. So there are four living creatures and the description of them is, is quite dramatic and a little bit scary, actually. Um, so they're full of eyes front and back, which tells me that they, are, they see. This represents God's all-seeing capability. The first creature was like a lion. The second one was like a calf. The third had the face of a man and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of them had six wings that were also full of eyes. They never rest, they're always praising God and their praise always causes the elders to fall down and worship. All right, so um, is this, was John just having a really bad trip or is there scripture? Yeah, I'm a pharmacist, you know, I would think about that. He did some bad drugs. Uh, So is there scriptural precedent for this? There is. Amazing. Can you even believe that? So let's go to Ezekiel chapter one. So it, it could be that Ezekiel is doing the same bad drugs that John was, but I think not. I think that they were both being given um, a description of these creatures in heaven that surround the throne. So in Ezekiel chapter 1, this whole chapter just about deals with um, a vision that Ezekiel saw. Uh, let's start in um, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 5. Also from within it, a whirlwind that Ezekiel saw, uh, came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calf feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides. And each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likenesses of their face, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, and each of the four had the the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward, two wings of each one touched one another and two covered their body and each one went straight forward. They went wherever the spirit wanted to go and they did not turn when they went. So if you look, the um, the creatures in Revelation Chapter four are described very, very similarly to the creatures in Ezekiel's vision. Very similar probably the same creatures. Um, uh, you know how, um, how Tina and Jamie could both see something, they could see a, a, an automobile accident or something going on outside and they would each describe it differently because they would see something different within what they saw. And so very likely what Ezekiel and what John were seeing was the very, very same thing. Um, with regard to these creatures all right so what do we learn Uh, i i want us to focus for a, a just the last few minutes on worship because i believe worship is what we need to um really hone in on for chapter four so what do we learn about worship from chapter four um and and sharon is our resident worship leader, so she, I hope I don't step on any toes. All right, so I think it's fair to say that today worship has become quite a hot mess of a topic within the church. Um, And so I think it's good for us to look at what worship in heaven looks like. Um, In our church culture today, all too often worship is more about personal preference than it is about God. And that's so backward. Um, And it's, it's, it's quite frankly sinful. And I am not pointing a finger at you. I'm actually pointing back at myself because I've fallen guilty to personal preference in worship many, many times. Um, And so worship is, first and foremost, about God. First and foremost, worship is about God. It's for God, it's toward God, and it's about God. And in chapter four, we see such a beautiful description of worship. Um, There is color. Remember, the, the, the rainbow was emerald, there was a jasper. Uh, clearness. There was a Sardius. Um, there was clear glass, like so. There's color in this worship scene. There's variety. There's there's God. There's the creatures. There's the elders. Um, there's lightning and thunder and blazing lamps and singing. There's focus. There's not confusion. There's focus. The focus is God. There's incredible. Theological content here. God is Lord God Almighty, and the words that are used to describe the there God there is Lord, which that word um, means master in the original Greek, and then God is the God uh, is the word Yahweh, Creator. So Lord God Almighty, um, existing then, now, and always. He's worthy to receive glory and honor because he is the creator. And then there's also just a, a frank recognition of the holiness of God while this worship is going on, um, the recognition that he is separate and distinct from all of his creation. So the pictures that we see of worship in Revelation chapter four should help us um, help us focus our worship when we are in church or when we are in the zoom room or when we are in, uh, just out in nature because we don't have to be in church to worship. We can worship anywhere. We've just got to make sure that the focus of our worship is always God, always God. Um, and so in Revelation chapter 4, we see God's presence, we see his purity and holiness, and we also see the worship of God that goes on in heaven. Now, a good question to ask at this point is, why, why did God put Revelation 4 here? Because nothing is in Scripture by accident. Scripture is God-breathed, it's God-inspired. So why is Revelation chapter four here? Well, I think this is purely my feeling after lots of study and you may feel differently, but Revelation chapter four is, remember, a picture of the worship of the Almighty, the one, the God who is perfect, the God who is complete, the God who is in control. And this positioning is not accidental because we saw the risen Christ in chapter one. We saw in chapters two and three what is going, what what was going to happen, or what was happening in the day in which John lived. And then very quickly, we're going to see the destruction that's coming. And so, chapter four is strategically placed to remind us. To remind believers across the ages to know and understand to the very marrow of our bones that god is on his throne that no matter how bad things get god never leaves his throne he is there he will be there through what is coming no matter if it starts next week Or a thousand years from now. God has always been on the throne. He will always be on the throne. And he is in absolute control. Of what is happening. And will happen. He's working it all out. In his sovereignty. Toward a glorious end. For you. And for me. For every believer in Christ. He is working this thing out. And so I truly truly believe. That chapter four is strategically placed in, and we'll look at chapter five next week where we'll see Jesus, the, lame, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We'll see him in the throne room as well. But these two chapters are so strategic in my book to remind us of that what is coming does not take God by surprise. So I want to um, close with a quote from the New American Commentary. And it says, earthly catastrophe of the magnitude of that which follows and human suffering in general are made palatable by an adequate understanding of the person and purposes of God and the perfect will and worship of God as practiced in heaven. John and the reader have now experienced and seen what they need to know as they face the information that will now be given concerning the tribulation on earth. And that's what I want us to hold on to from chapter four. It will have the power, that vision. Can you read that again, Leanne? I will. That vision of God on his throne has the power to keep us no matter what comes. Okay, earthly catastrophe of the magnitude of that which follows and human suffering in general are made palatable by an adequate understanding of the person and purposes of God and the will and worship of God as practiced in heaven. John and the reader have now experienced, and you and I are the readers, John and the reader have now experienced and seen what they need to know as they face the information that will now be given verses five and forward or six and forward that will now be given concerning the tribulation on earth. I'll put that in band. Um, And so I hope this visit to the throne room of heaven has encouraged you because I think that's what Revelation chapter four was designed to do was to encourage us and remind us of the sovereignty of God. All right, let me scroll back through the comments. Anybody, um, anybody have any thoughts? Focus. Yeah, somebody's word is focus apparently. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa says, praise God that we have a God who never sleeps, is always on the throne and is working it out for his glory and our good. May we have courage in the days to come. Amen amen Nicole said when we got to Texas the Holy Spirit was calling me out to a place of worship and started working on my heart about thanksgiving and praise and the power it has against the enemy yes it does it absolutely does um we have to just focus despite what we see yep we do Abby said the fact that he never gets too exhausted is just another way I am in awe of him oh yeah sister for sure
0: all right any thoughts Questions, comments? I'm so thankful that you joined us for this week's episode of the Raising Kids Together podcast. I hope you've been blessed by listening in on our Zoom room. We would love for you to join us. You can come when you can and come as you are. Simply go to RaisingKidsOnYourKnees.org and click the button on the front page to enter the Raising Kids Together Zoom room. We meet Monday through Friday at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Have a great day.